And if you couldn't already tell, this is the 99th episode of The Crawl Space for April 2010. You see the red balloons, kind of Spider-Man has red. Okay, that's the connection. <laughs> the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast, sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have today's comics at yesterday's prices. And this month we're spotlighting the Black Cat miniseries. And the description reads, As Spider-Man is stalked during the Grim Hunt, the world's slyest, smartest, and sneakiest jewel thief's latest heist puts the Black Cat face-to-face with the family that has been terrorizing Spider-Man's dreams and threatening those closest to him. Mail order has a really good price on this one. The regular price is 4 bucks. Mail order has it for just $1.99, which is 50% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com and tell them the Crawl Space thing. Welcome, Crawl Space webheads, to our prequel show. George Lucas had nothing to do with this one. This is episode 99, right before issue or episode 100. We got the whole, well, we got almost the whole gang. Zach, uh, you know, he got jury duty, so we, he can't be on, uh, evidently for the first part. But we have JR from SpideyKicksButt.com. Welcome, JR. Hello, everyone, and a traffic bulletin for all of you who happen to be traveling in Northeast Ohio. My teenage daughter is now driving. Uh-oh. So use utmost caution when on the roads. JR, did you teach her how to drive? Did she go in the weeds or off the road at all? My wife is handling those chores. Thank you very much. Chicken. No, smart. <laughs> oh, I, I got you. I got you. Good. All right. And we also have Stella from uh, the Batgirl to Oracle podcast and also an administrator on the Crawl Space Message Board. Welcome, girl. Welcome, welcome. Uh, very exciting time to be recording 99 and 100 of this awesome show. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. We've got a green room with people chatting in it, and there's like literally the census has gone in there, and they started counting people. There's so many people in there, so ton of people. We also have Mr. Michael Bailey from ViewsFromTheLongBox.com, and uh, just an all-around good guy. Oh, <laughs> Welcome, Mr. Bailey. That was very sweet of you to say. <laughs> Thank you. Big man hug coming at you. Well, we're both <laughs> big men, so there you go. Oh, God. As long, as long as it's not a bear hug, I'm okay. No, and no furries. Uh, Kevin Cushing, a writer of the Crawl Space webcomic and also administrator on the website, and somebody that's been with me since show one. Thank you, Kevin, for showing up for 99 and 100. Hey, thanks for having me on since number one. Damn it. I've, uh, no doubt. Traded we can actually beer hear- for Pepsi today so I can get through this whole live caller experience. I enjoy your, your drunk answers. Those are the best. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. All right. Good Lord, folks. We have five issues of Amazing Spider-Man this month. There was evidently, what, five weeks in March? Yep. Is that what happened? So every single week we got a Amazing Spider-Man book. So we've got a lot of reviews to catch up on. Uh, let's start with Amazing 623. It looks like we're going to the Vulture, uh, written by Mr. Mark Wade and Azteca, who did the Shocker arc with the gauntlet. Let's start with the guy who was with us since show number one. We'll start with Kevin. Thank you. Um, Let's see. For likes on this one, I had to look really hard. Um, (laughs) I finally realized I like that Michael Lark cover. That that was a good piece of covering. So I like the cover, uh, not so much what's inside. Uh, Main dislike would be, A, they're still telling us that uh, Peter is all beaten down by the gauntlet, but they're really not showing it. He's bouncing around, being happy, and just saying, man, I've been losing a lot lately. Uh, <laughs> and this talk-free vulture isn't working for me at all. Bendis did a great job with a really silent uh, character in the Ultimate Beetle, 
and Ultimate Spider-Man, but this vulture that can only screech out some words is just not a menacing villain for me. Uh, overall, he communicates through his vomit, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, that's real nice. Uh, yeah. Overall, I might grade it lower, but I'm going to go ahead and give this a C-. It was a very disappointing issue. And Jr., what do you think, sir, of the vomiting vulture? Well, I don't. V for short. <laughs> I don't think anything of the vomiting vulture. I uh, I must uh, share my opinion with uh, with Kev there. I don't like him. Never liked him. Not interested in him. Um, but actually, I I thought a little bit better of the the issue that he did, though. I would give it a B, uh, basically because I thought it had a lot of humorous and fanboyish moments. Uh, the uh, the reference to the electric company. Uh, with the uh, simple Simon, that was pretty clever. Yeah. Uh, Electro were very uh, saying that the vulture looked like Larry David, uh, <laughs> you know. Which, if you remember, the you know some of the old board discussions, uh, Larry David's name kept getting mentioned as a possible vulture, along with Ben Kingsley. Uh, right. And and I, I don't know, there was just a lot. There's just a lot of one-liners and things of that nature that that I liked. Uh, Spider-Man gluing JJJ's phone to the desk. He hadn't done anything that wacky in a while. So uh, overall, I. Think thought it was okay. I, I gave it a B, but uh, no, I don't like the new Vulture. So the Vulture's your con, huh? The, Absolutely. The villain. Okay, uh, Stella, what do you think? Uh, what I liked about it is finally we got some backstory uh, concerning the Vulture, which was nice. Uh, and of course, he's obviously um, tied to the mob, so it's sort of tying all the arcs that we've seen heretofore. Uh, dislike um, the art, number one. Uh, I think I had a problem with, as a Keda or whatever uh, before, and I just wonder what's up with all the grotesque villains that we have that are just sort of gross. You know, first we had Freak, um, and then now Vulture and his vomit. Uh, I give this a B minus. Okay, and Mr. Bailey, I actually kind of liked the Vulture. You like vomiting Vulture? Uh, well, I don't like the vomiting. Actually, that was that was one of my problems <laughs> with it. But I, I kind of liked how they were finally getting some momentum on his. Part of it, you know, getting a little bit of his background. Uh, like Jr., I really liked just the kind of goofy nature to the whole issue, the whole setup with Simple Simon and all that. That was great. My con, oddly enough, is the fact that I think Peter went to Jay Jonah's defense over that whole political scandal like a little too quickly. Like this yeah. guy has been. I know that Peter's a good guy. But it seems like there should have been some reticence on his part before going, ah, I'm going to go help him now. You know, it would have been okay. nice to have been like, God, he's been a total jack-off to me my entire freaking career. <laughs> yeah. But i got to do the right thing, you know, that sort of thing. So that would be my con, but I actually really liked this issue, and I'm actually going to okay. give it a B plus. All right, I'm going to give it a C. Uh, oh, my pro God, is... I, I gave a higher <laughs> review than Brad. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. My pro is similar to J, uh, JR. I like the simple Simon thing and the Electric Company reference. It, it actually made me think of Kevin's uh, Mr. Clean. You know, just just a throwaway villain in the middle of it. I love throwaway villains. I always think they should have them in the movies. I think it would be so easy to do. Uh, the con, uh, the or origin of the vulture, or the vomiting vulture, as we're going to call them, I thought was uh, something I'd seen before, and I, I thought about it a bit, and it reminded me exactly of Harvey Keitel's character, the wolf, in a Pulp Fiction. You know, the wolf came in yeah. when... Uh, when uh, Sam Jackson and John Travolta messed up, and he, he cleans things up. Evidently, the vulture saws things off. Yeah, and I honestly feel on. like that's where they got it. <laughs> yeah. 
that just uh, just it was too similar to me. I just thought it was kind of a cheap uh, copy. So grade a C out of me. No A's on that one. I don't think I heard. So nope. we're moving to six twenty four, and this one. Uh, the Vulture is laying over J. Jonah Jameson and Wade, and as Tekka also wrap this one up. So we'll start ladies first. Stella, what do you think of this one? Um, what I liked, uh, first of all, is really seeing an emotional side of Jonah, which um, almost, I think, uh, knowing a lot about the character, like I wonder what J.R. will say about this, but um, I mean, I just wonder if that seems really off, having him be really emotional over this death. But I actually really liked it because I think it is something very different and something we don't often see. Uh, dislike, uh, I didn't think this seemed like the Peter Parker or the Spider-Man we know at all. Um, Spidey was more ditzy than really smart alecky. And then I think, well, once again, you know, Peter crosses the ethical line uh, once again. So I'm sort of shocked at this. I guess this is brand new day Spidey, so what can we do? Uh, I give this issue a C. Okay. Uh, Mr. Bailey, what do you think? On, on a technical, sorry, I was unmuting. On a technical level, I liked the issue. Uh, I had my con would be more vomiting. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it was. It's not something I was really happy with in the previous issue, but it's just like yeah. here, it, it, it was like you know the vulture was at an all night frat party, you know, sitting by the keg too much, and this is just the day <laughs> after. Um, my. I don't really have too much of a pro, despite liking the issue. I, my, my major problem was the whole Peter getting fired thing. You know, I, I know Jonah's a jerk, but it doesn't really seem to me that he would throw Peter under the bus so publicly just to make himself look better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Like, it would have been more professional on his part to say, you know, to fire Peter behind closed doors, admit that the photo was faked and that the person responsible has been eliminated. You know, it seems like a public official doing that would be like something we would accept more than I didn't do that. It was faked and it was him and point to the guy <laughs> at the table next to you. And yeah. that just kind of bugged me. I mean, I know the whole setup was, Peter helped out Jonah, but Jonah threw him under the bus. Isn't that dramatic? But it just didn't work for me. Uh, despite that, though, I am going to give uh, the issue a B because I kind of liked how everything ended out with the vulture and everything. So, Okay. JR, what do you think, sir? Well, I didn't like this for a number of reasons. Uh, uh, first of all, but I do want to address a couple of questions uh, that kind of got brought up. Uh, Stella, yeah, it is actually in very much in character for Jonah to uh, to be upset over somebody who uh, who basically sacrificed his life for him, died a horrible death, uh, and someone whose name he didn't even know. Uh, you know, Jonah is an asshole. Uh, but he does. But he. But he does. He does have a, a good side. I mean, he doesn't want anybody to see it, uh, but he does. And and this this is yeah. definitely something I think that would affect him. Uh, Spider Man has unfortunately gone out on the limb for Jonah before. Uh, back uh, when um, the Hobgoblin got a hold of Norman Osborn's old papers and was going to reveal that Jonah was the uh, had funded the Scorpion, Spidey was going to try to pull the plug on that and uh, keep Jonah from being exposed, but Jonah beat him to it and uh, and went ahead and revealed it in the papers. Um, but I, like Mr. Bailey, I don't think Jonah would have done this to Peter. I mean, I think he would have fired him, but I don't think he would have trotted him out for a, for a public humiliation. Yeah. Um, 
And I, 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 I kind of have trouble though with him going, Peter going as far as he did to help Jonah to actually fakey pictures. I, I'm wrestling with that. And I, on this whole Peter being unemployed thing, I guess I just want to address Marvel making, trying to make such um, marketing, um, you know, gold out of it. I mean, it's like Peter Parker's been out of a job a lot. I mean, not, yeah. not most recently, two years ago at the beginning of Brand New Day. You know, but we didn't make a big deal of it then. But I guess, as Joe Casada said, you know, there's some 10-year-old out there. I guess they didn't read Brand New Day two years ago. So it's all fresh and new to him, so it's all good. So anyway, didn't like this issue at all. See? Yeah. See? Okay. Kev? Well, um, I had one like uh, that was there. I, I found a really good quote in there um, when Spider-Man was talking about how these low lives he had to help out and he said, I wonder if Red Skull needs cheering up, or maybe I can mow Dr. Doom's lawn. I thought that was a really good quote. That was a good spidey there. That's good. That's um, good. Dislikes were many. Uh, Chief is first. In Brand New Day, Harry Osborn had to lecture Peter on ethics in his <laughs> photography journalism. Now Jake Jonah Jameson has to lecture Peter Parker on ethics, for God's sake. And they were both right, because Peter is acting just, I don't know, who the hell is this, is my question when I'm reading this. Uh, and also, why didn't the mob find a decent candidate for this vulture thing when clearly this guy provided a great service for him, for them, they liked what he was doing, and they just throw him in to be mutated instead of finding a good candidate? Why? I never got any explanation for that. It just seemed out of nowhere, and, well, we needed that to happen. It was dumb. Um, yeah. Overall, this issue gets a D-. minus. This was Man. a crock of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. And on a crock of shit, you can eat on it for a week. Uh, <laughs> crock pot, get it. Okay, never mind. Oh. <laughs> At least it's uh, not brownie. Oh. Yeah. Oh. 624, I'm giving a C to. My pro is kind of like what Kevin said, the sarcastic Spidey. I had a different quote that I liked where he uh, – Got the vulture in his web at the uh, very beginning of the book. He says, oh, poor widow flying freak, went into more webs. I just thought that was cute. I don't know, know why I like sarcastic Spidey, but I do. It's one of my favorite things. The con is I didn't get it. Uh, I, I was confused by the whole Photoshop thing. It's uh, Peter is at the computer. He's Photoshopping, and he says, you know, if I wouldn't have came in here – Jonah would have done something different, or he would have, uh, he was fighting the vulture, but nobody saw it. But we saw it. He was hiding in the corner. Can somebody explain this to me? I don't understand wh why he felt the need to Photoshop it. Well, it could be worse. He could have thrown a bunch of sand in the air and then took pictures of himself <laughs> jumping through it. Oh, that's true. That's true. I mean, JR, did you get it? I, I don't understand it. Uh, you know, to be absolutely honest, I didn't quite notice that. Um, you're saying Jonah was a witness the whole time? Well, remember the scene where he's at the computer and he's saying, you know what, if I wouldn't, nobody saw this thing except me, and I can't say I was there, Spider-Man was, or something like that. So I'm going to Photoshop Jonah being brave and, and kicking the shit out of the vulture. But when we saw that scene, he busted through the door, and Jonah was pinned up against the wall, scared out of his life. I just don't see the connection. I'm just a little confused. Can anybody explain that to me? <laughs> Uh, Why really, did he Photoshop it? <laughs> uh, he needed to Photoshop it because he didn't have a picture of it. I think what he was saying was, uh, you know, this isn't too unethical because it happened, But and if I had had my camera, I could have taken a picture of it. But I think you're right. I don't actually remember Jonah kicking the crap out of the vultures. So they're yeah, saying I mean, he was happened, hiding up against right, the wall. Stella or Michael, do you remember this? 
No, I mean, no. I think the point was to um, just make it so incredible that uh, he had hired or created this vulture, so he had to put it, uh, make a picture that um, was really showing that um, he was trying to distance, distance himself from this character, so if mm-hmm. he was beating him up, then it would be like, oh, well, why would he be beating up his own henchmen? So I think that's why. First, the thing yeah. that seemed kind of hard to me was when Jonah pointed out the picture on the wall in the picture of the former governor's kids. Like, what exactly picture did Peter pull here to Photoshop that it had the former governor's kids behind Jonah Jameson? Like, when did he take... Where the hell was this picture from that he photoshopped? Why were the former governor's kids on the wall? Well, the quote is, it's a thought balloon. It's Peter's at the computer. It says, why'd I blurt... Or maybe I've gone soft on the old bully because I thought... For a minute, he'd been murdered, but I can't let him be ruined over a lie, not when I know the truth. If I'd only stopped to shoot the fight between Jonah and the Vulture, that would solve everything. But old Ironheart shouldn't have to go down because I blew a Kodak moment. I know precisely what I saw with my own two eyes. But he didn't. He saw Jonah up against the wall as a coward in the very beginning of the book. I don't see any part where he's a hero. But yeah, I that, that's... Agree. That's my main complaint. I just don't get it. I don't understand the emphasis for it. So you know what? Screw it. It's going down to a D for that. <laughs> I don't understand either, Brad, because... Uh, oh, shit. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> we found him. We found him. God. Oh, crap. Where were you hiding, sir? Dude. I didn't even know you joined. joined. Yeah, well, you, when you had me in the call, I just hit the join call button and it worked. But, um, oh, uh, no, dude, I got cut off like three times with this little old lady and I almost wrecked my parents' SUV. So. Holy cow, we have drama on the prequel show. Love it. Zach, what's your grade for this one? For which one? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's 24. It's on part two of the Vulture. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Pa- yeah, part two of the Vulture. The Vulture arc, uh, that, that artwork just brought it down. It, that artwork's an F for me. I, that was awful, the entire arc. But storytelling was okay. I want to give it a C. I'll give it okay. a C. Gotcha. All right, we're moving on to 620, what the hell number is it? I'm losing track of all these 625. issues. 625, and that one is the Rhino Ender, the Joe Kelly. Uh, help me with that name, guys. Fiumara, I think. Gotcha. All right, Zach, we're going to start with you since you hopped on. <laughs> what do you think of this issue? Uh, I, I do like this issue. I, I thought it was a really good. Uh, it was a, I think everybody knew what was coming. Um Judging by the other issue, a couple of, about a month ago, I guess. Um, but the way they did it was really, really classy. I mean, I, I like the way they portrayed the Rhino here, as I did. The, I, I like the way they portrayed him last time, but I really liked him with the way that they portrayed him here. And um, I just think that uh, my problem, my biggest gripe about this is, it seems like everybody has like their every writer had their one character that they were supposed to tell a story about in the Gauntlet, and they just kind of stuck him here and there. Like, there's really no consistency of this Gauntlet arc at all. Other than hey, we're bringing about the we're bringing back the old villains, but uh, the artwork was uh, I, I like this artwork better because I think it suited the story a little bit better. I just I yeah that guy's artwork last time I didn't like, but uh, other than that I thought this was probably one of Joe Kelly's strongest writing uh, in terms of issues. So I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a B. Uh, JR, what do you think, sir? Uh, I didn't like this one at all because one reason because of its predictability. Uh, you know, I knew, you know, I thought Oksana was too good to be true uh, when she first appeared, and when the rhino, when I saw the rhino was going to show up, I said, ah, "That's it, she's worm food, taking a dirt nap, <laughs> she's getting killed." And guess yeah. what? She got killed. 
All right. And guess what? The rhino, instead of blaming the crazed psychopath that actually killed her, blames Spider-Man. Oh, you know, that no yeah. stretch there. Um, and, you know, and then this thing with everybody recognizing Peter Parker as the guy who faked a photo. I mean, come on. People wouldn't even rec- people wouldn't even recognize movie stars sometimes when they're walking around. I mean, this is ridiculous. Uh you know, and it's, I mean, I know that Peter's supposed to be the original hard luck hero. I get that, that that's part of his appeal. But you can really overplay that card, and they are overplaying that card right now. So um, didn't care for the issue. Uh, give it a C-, minus, and I don't like the art either. So, okay, Kevin? Uh, uh, I'm going to be the opposite. I love this issue. Um, I thought the art was great. The story was great. The story was great. The story was great. Uh, this was the best story we've had since the last Rhino issue, actually. Uh, it was cleverly heartbreaking. It was awesomely ominous. Spot on Spidey dialogue. Uh, I kind of agree with JR about some of the stuff at the beginning, but honestly, once it got past the first few pages of stuff dealing with other people's arcs, uh, it was just great the way they, they moved the rhino through everything and Alexei. And I have to disagree with JR. I can see exactly what <laughs> Whoa. Well. Whoa. <laughs> what, what, what was that? I think JR's inner <laughs> goblins coming out. <laughs> I heard the word disagree with JR. <laughs> you know, just, to, <laughs> just get, excuse Man, me, I'll be, I'll be okay in a the moment. Brother. <laughs> uh, anyway. What the hell were we? What, what's your grade? It was a B, I think. Um, but no, I, I, I disagree. I can see where uh, Alexei um, blames Spider-Man. Uh, because he, in his mind, he can see where Spider-Man talked him out of last time there was a rhino issue. Spider-Man talked him out of suiting up and taking care of this rhino. Uh, and that's what, if he had taken care of the rhino then, then he wouldn't have come and killed, what was her name, Oksana? Yeah. So I can see him blaming Spider-Man. And of course he still blames uh, the new rhino. He cut him in half, which was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I love the whole freaking issue. The only dislike I would pull out is... Uh, this is the kind of issue that's really making me want to like Nora. Uh, I was enjoying Nora through most of it, but she still makes that McMerricans comment that makes me say WTF Joe Kelly. So I didn't really like that, but overall, this was a brilliant issue, wonderful comic book. I'm giving it an A+. Plus. Ooh, out of the park. Mr. Bailey, what do you think, sir? I'm going to respectfully disagree with Kevin. Um <laughs> Oh yeah, sure. Cough all over mine. Um, I thought that this issue had all of the emotional impact of an episode of Beverly Hills 90210. Which one? The new one or the old one? Evil one. Here's the pro. Kelly delivered a solid issue. I, I, I can't say that the writing itself was bad. You know, but I can like something on a technical level and not like it in other areas. And here's my problem is that the rhino was put on a good path. He was put on a great path. He's the one that's not going to participate in the gauntlet. You know, let's let the new rhino come in. So Joe Kelly writes a great issue where we set up his his new wife and his new life and everything's going fine. And then for seemingly no reason, she gets killed. And I felt that it was a very hollow death. I didn't, I, I didn't get a whole lot out of it. I can see where other people did, but to me, it's like, you know, 
you set something up for a particular emotion, and I understand that's what writers do. You know, I've written some myself. That's what you do. But sometimes it comes off that there was really no point to setting up this great rhino character when two months later you're just going to destroy it anyways. If it had been like a year or so, and we had gotten to see maybe a little more of their life together, her death probably would have had a little more impact to me. But um, I just wasn't feeling it, and I'm going to give this one a D. Okay. Kev, you disagree, huh? Yeah, um, I've got to take complete counterpoint on all of that. I feel like it was brilliant uh, that in the midst of this whole gauntlet thing where we're revamping villains, we're setting up new versions of old villains like the Vulture, they set up this new rhino that, quite frankly, I think we all agreed we didn't care about. Uh, we cared about Alexi's story because we, we never really got into the new rhino. Uh, I thought it was brilliant that, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I bought that this new rhino was being set up as a new major villain. Uh, and it, it, it was a brilliant swerve that all that was done to get Alexi back into it, uh, and really well. I mean, I care about the Rhino now more than I ever have. I never really cared about Alexi Sistovich before these issues. It was amazing. Um, I also thought Oksana was developed enough for the emotional impact, uh, particularly with the backup story they put in the last Rhino issue. Now I know exactly why they did that. I knew at the time it was a great backup story, but now I can see exactly where uh, that really helped set up the emotional connection between Alexi and Oksana, and this, it did hit me. You know, I knew, it's not that I didn't know it was going to happen, you know, we could see it coming, but I could really feel uh, Alexi's emotions afterwards, and that he, you know, it was a very, very, Shakespearean tragic story. He did not want to get back into this. He did not want to. He loved this woman. He wanted to be the man that he could be. And when she's torn down, and he does see Spider-Man as part of the responsibility for that, he is the beast now more than ever. And I think that I think with these just two issues, and it's amazing to me that this amount of great story has been done in just two issues. They have created a better Rhino, not by creating a new character, but by making the old one really worthwhile, where I didn't think he ever really was before. I agree. Uh, let's see. Stella, we haven't hit you up, have we? No. Um, I liked this story. I thought that it was powerful in a dark way, you know, for all the reasons I think that Kevin um, has touched upon. And I actually enjoyed Nora's voiceover for, for most of the issue, Um and the art, I thought, was was very well done. I thought it was a different touch than we'd seen, sort of an anime-ish style, which just takes me back to um, uh, Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane, so I liked that. Uh, dislike, uh, it's sort of a question to pose to everyone. Can someone explain to me whether or when, I guess, Peter found out that MJ knows basically everything? Because here's another problem I had. That was a problem I had last <clears throat> month. And then this month she makes a comment about uh, why don't you go to Cat um, about this? But she probably can't read, and so I just don't understand when this when has this she been disclosed? She saw him up on a monitor or something when she was walking around town. Is that right, guys? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was we know black. she knows, but I think what she, I think what Cell is saying is true. We haven't really seen Peter find out that she knows, but I don't, I don't think it's a problem with this issue because. Uh, it's, it's happened before when MJ expected, when Harry knocked on the door, MJ expected that it was Peter coming in for a change of clothes after a fight or something. So apparently he already knew if he would do that, if it's, that's something that she would expect. So I don't think we ever saw him find out, but I don't think it's a problem with this issue. I think it's going back several months. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I think um, <laughs> it's pretty much it pretty much should be assumed that Peter and MJ know every uh, uh, MJ knows everything about Peter's past, and that remember because everything yeah. still happened except for that omission. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> See what I did? No. <laughs> He's Woody. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, you have a con and a grade? Well, yeah, my dislike is just about the the MJ thing. Um, and yep. I, I would give it an A-. minus. I thought it was probably the best of the five issues this month. Nice. All right. Uh, let's see. My pro is I enjoyed that we were able to see Mary Jane back for a few panels, if all of three of them. Also, I thought the Rhino had a good overall story arc. He, uh, I thought he grew as a character. However, I do agree with JR. It was kind of predictable once we saw that any of these villains have a love interest. They always die, don't they? Anyway, totally not sold on the art either. The art is very, I don't know, anime-ish, kind of? You guys see a little anime in that stuff? I guess yes. I can kind of see it, but it's just kind of weird yeah. for me because I hate anime, but I like this art. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to give this one a B. All right, moving on to 626, Mr. Van Linty and Mr. Gatos, who had a great run with Brian Michael Bendis on the Alias book back in the early 2000s. Uh, let's go backwards like we just did. Let's go Stella with this one. 626. Okay, uh, finally some story progression and a real, a vision of a real human being in Michelle. That by far, <laughs> like, made this yeah. a worthwhile issue. Um, this, like, uh, you know, tombstone biting uh, the female scorpion. Uh, frankly, I think these villains need a better diet, you know. Uh, <laughs> Venom ate a prostitute, and, uh, <laughs> and tombstone's biting. I don't know what's going on. Uh, Talk about a belly bomber, I tell you. A belly bomber. Uh, B plus for this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mr. Bailey, 626. Um, yeah, I actually had to write down a pro and a con on this. I can't go back on cheating and using my reviews to remind me what I thought. <laughs> but uh, um, pro, I like like Stella. I liked Michelle for once. And I liked the whole dynamic of Spidey kind of getting into it with organized crime. I don't care F all for the hood. Kind <laughs> um, <'cause laughs> of censor myself a little bit. Or, you know, and, and, and at first I was like, that's Tombstone? Because that really doesn't look like Tombstone. Yeah. But it was a good, solid story of Peter going to help Michelle, Michelle and Peter actually getting to a point where she's not just this two-dimensional harpy who's breaking into his room and pulling a shotgun on him or whatever. Um, the con outside of not really liking the art is uh, I kind of like Michelle. And I was really prepared to, like, hate her for all time, but now I kind of like her, and that makes me kind of uncomfortable. Uh, (laughs) I really don't know how to feel, so that's, that's like, the only con I could really come up with is, oh, man, now i got to like Michelle. Uh, But I'd give this this issue a B. Kev? Uh, I really like this one. I love me some Gaidos art. I mean, his uh, his stuff in Alias, ever since then, I've, I've been a big fan of his. So seeing him, it's a different style, to be sure, but I thought it worked. Oh, they picked a good issue for it. Uh, so I love the art. Uh, it was clever having the new Scorpion end up working for the Cravens. Uh, maybe I'm dumb, but I didn't see that coming. I thought they they used her spy thing really well, and the inclusion of her to begin with was was a really good idea. And Michelle has begun to be rehabilitated as a character. And while I'm with Bailey, I was kind of uncomfortable with that. Uh, we've been asking for that for months, so I'm down. Um, dislike is, uh, man, Peter is useless without his powers, huh? And... 
I'm a little bit biased on this because I just wrote a similar thing in Crawl Space number eight trying to prove that he's not useless without his powers, but this really bugged me. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. overall, I thought it was a really solid issue. I would give it a straight A. Wow. Uh, JR. Well, I'm going to have to be the disagreeable old fart in this group. Uh, a, ro- <laughs> a role which I very, I very seldom ever play. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't like this issue at all. Um, first, you haven't of all, liked any of them this much. No, yet. I haven't. I haven't. Man. One, I tell you, one a common theme is I haven't liked the art in any of them. I mean, I just, mm-hmm. I just, I just haven't. Um, you know, uh, I like very boring art. I like people to look like people, and uh, I just don't like this this <laughs> this other stuff. Um, nothing will rehabilitate Michelle for me. I'm sorry, I'm unforgiving. You know, you you know, she fucked up as far as I'm concerned, and uh, <laughs> you know, and, and she can never be forgiven. Why? You know, this is ridiculous. They made. I mean, first of all, okay, she was a lawyer. Then they turned her into a you know, but instead of an intelligent lawyer, instead of an intellectual. Instead of somebody who could match, you know, intellect with Peter Parker, uh, you know, they turned her first of all into a lovelorn, uh, you know, uh, Harlequin reader writing little love notes, you know, and, and wearing Peter's shirt. Then they turned her into a complete psychopath, you know, slugging Peter and throwing things down the uh, down the his things down the the garbage disposal. Have her running in with a shotgun, and now we're supposed to sit back and go, oh, isn't that wonderful? Because she was she thought this guy was innocent, and she was going to go to the you know. Go to the wall for him, you know, boo-hoo-hoo, you know. I Give me a break. I don't care. Get rid of this character. Um, and, uh, you know, Tombstone just looks like another mook, you know. I mean, it was like, what the heck is that? I agree with Stella. What, what, is, it with the, what is it with people biting people and eating people? I mean. And, and puking. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, Tombstone, I, I mean, Tombstone's a powerful enough villain. He doesn't have to resort to you know, goofy tactics. He could have just broke her neck. Uh, you know, and hey, by the way, is this Scorpia the same Scorpia that was in Kevin Smith's uh, Evil That Men Do, or is it the Scorpia that was in Amazing Fantasy when they were when they were Amazing tra- fa- Amazing Fantasy? Okay. Yeah, and even oh. though Spider Man calls her Scorpia at one point, she actually is supposed to be Scorpion. Oh, I see. I yeah, see. Okay, Scorpia, I just <laughs> Scorpia. You know, she goes back to the Clone Saga. No, she that was her last appearance was Evil That Men Do. Okay. Uh, I just, you know, getting confused, all these little tributaries that go out. I can't keep track of them mm-hmm. all. So, uh, <laughs> now, uh, you know, I, th- this thing gets a C- minus from me. Okay. Uh, Zach? Um, I didn't like the artwork in this one. I know, I know it's sacrilegious. I, I'm sure Kevin's probably burying his fangs at me right now, but. For shame. Um, I know. <laughs> I just didn't, I, I, it, okay, this artwork was a lot better than, uh, in the last three issues, but that's not saying much. Because uh, <laughs> I didn't like, I, I mean, I, <sighs> give me Ramita Jr. any day. But the story itself, yeah, Tombstone looked like this slump. If they had not said his name is Tombstone, I would have been like, <laughs> what? Really? Yeah. Um, so that was my that was my con. My pro is <sighs> Michelle. You know, I, I, I think I can figure out why they... Um, why they're portraying her as such. I think the writers have schizophrenia when it comes to uh, Michelle because they're all over the place with this character. <laughs> um, like I say, I mean, I'm going to give it a solid... I'll, I'll give it a C+. Plus. C+. Plus. Sure. Uh, my grade... What was yours, Kevin? It wasn't an A? That was an A. All right. D-minus out of BD. Wow. Uh, 
<laughs> did we just switch or something? Is there a Freaky Friday thing going on? No, I don't know. And I then just the angel broke the fourth seal, and Brad Douglas <laughs> gave a Spider-Man book a D. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, pro, uh, like everybody said, Michelle is a human. I like how she and, she and Peter had a truce. They shook hands. That was a nice change from the raving bitch that we've all seen. Yeah. Uh, Khan, the female scorpion. Uh, there were so many footnotes in this book. Uh, see World War Hulk. See Initiative. See, uh, Marvel crap. Uh, we don't, <laughs> I, we don't care about this character. Uh, I don't like this character. I, I, I think it was a very cheap modern day Marvel team up book with Spider-Man and the Scorpion or whatever her name is. Uh, I like Mr. Gatos. I thought his stuff was, uh, good on Alias. It doesn't belong in Amazing Spider-Man. It's very indie art. Spider-Man, I, I guess I'm like JR. I like my Spider-Man and humans to look normal, which we will see in the next issue, which I love the artwork from Mr. Lee Weeks. All right, 627, uh, Roger Stern came back, which is one of my favorites, and also Lee Weeks, as I said earlier. Uh, JR, did you like this one? I know you've <laughs> hated all of them, but this one, I think this one is most likely liking to your taste. Well, it was. Uh, um, I, uh, I mean, it's it, whenever uh, you know Roger Stern and Lee Weeks are involved, I'm always going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, the story, although I've liked some of Weeks' older stuff better, this looks like he was kind of in a hurry. Uh, but, uh, but then again, I, I am no judge of art. I, I, could, I couldn't draw a straight line with a straight edge. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Um, but the story was largely a setup. So, I mean, it was okay. It's a B kind of story. It's interesting. I'm real, I am interested to see who Captain Universe is going to be because that's always kind of the gimmick. You know, who is he going to be this time? Um, so I'm interested. I'm, I'm looking forward to the next issue. Um, the complaint I've got is that, uh, you know, Carly is now out on a date with Peter. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, didn't the last time Carly see him, she basically called him a user, and, you know, he was going to have to basically get down on his knees and, you know, do all sorts of things to, to get her attention or something like that. You know, and here, here they are, they're, they're talking and dating like buds. So maybe it was in that three-part uh, Carly Cooper miniseries or something that we missed. Just like we missed the three-part Mr. Negative series or something, and for the the stuff on Mr. Negative, so you know I, I liked it, but uh, I'm I'm more interested to see how they wrap it up. Okay, uh, Stella, what do you think? Um, I think I what I liked most is that this issue was tied into to past issues of different titles. Um, I, I think it references uh, a couple different titles from the '80s, which is sort of nice, uh, tying it to the past. Um, and I, it, it was nice to see Peter treating Carly better than the pile of crap that he had been treating her. Uh, I guess it takes him losing his job in order to for that to happen. Uh, dislike the car and the drunk was uh, a little random for my taste, and coming from an architecture background where everything you do needs to have a very explicit reason. I sort of question these random things, and I was not really sure how putting that on top of a monument tied into Captain Universe. Uh, I give this issue a B. Okay. <laughs> uh, Kev, what do you think? Um, I thought the art was solid. I've been bagging on Dean White's colors on John Romita Jr. pretty much since Brand New Day started, but I thought his colors were really solid over Lee Weeks here, uh, and Lee Weeks' art itself was pretty good. I uh, liked, uh, hey, you remember Carly? Because I pretty much didn't by the time I read through most of these issues this month, so we got Carly back. That's always fun. Uh, the dislike is, I thought with the past, especially two issues, the gauntlet was really building some momentum. Finally, 
after all these months, and this just, oh, wow, that was slow. I mean, slow, 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 slow. Um, <laughs> I felt like if the whole Rhino thing could be done in one issue, and the last one could be done in one issue, and even the Vulture thing was just two parts, this does not need three parts. Uh, this, this really felt like a slow-ass setup issue, and it just ground the whole momentum out of the gauntlet for me. This isn't even related from what I can tell. Uh, so I'm giving this one a C. It was uh, good art, but not a very good story. Uh, Mr. Bailey, who loves Roger Stern, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yes. Um, you do? Yes, I absolutely love Roger Stern. Uh, Me too. Um, again, I'm going to have to slightly disagree with Kevin, not as <laughs> this time. I'm noticing a theme. <laughs> well, it's not on purpose because I, I, I respect the hell out of Kevin, so it's not like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump all over him just because I disagree with him, and I wouldn't jump all over him anyways because I'm kind of a big guy, and that would probably hurt. But, uh, <laughs> I'm glad this is audio. I don't want to see that video. <laughs> that guy in a little coat. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I like the writing. I liked the I writing. Know. I loved the writing and I loved the art. I thought it had a good mystery angle to it, had a great cliffhanger, and I cannot say enough about Lee Weeks's artwork. It's just so it just matched the writing so perfectly. And I'm kind of glad that they got back together to do this and do more of an extended story than kind of the one shot that they did before. Yeah. Like Stella, I also liked the fact that we got a lot of history in this book. More so, I think, than we've seen in a lot of other Spider-Man book, uh, Spider-Man issues in the past couple of years. And because it's the guy that wrote, at least wrote one of those stories, we know that it's right. And we don't have to sit here and nitpick about things that they got wrong or forgot yep. about. So that was kind of cool. My con is he refers to the U2 song as classic rock, and that made me feel <laughs> old. <laughs> so that's my con. I, this gets a solid A out of me. It really does. Nice, Zach. You're up. What do you think, buddy? Oh man, this gets an A for me too. I'm going to completely disagree with Kevin. Um, <laughs> take a shot. Take a no, shot, there's right? no shot there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd be extremely intoxicated by the end of the show. Um, I tell you what, this artwork was just beautiful, gorgeous artwork. Um. The writing, they referenced the one issue right after the Clone Saga. I think it was uh, eight, number 89. I don't have the issue in front of me. 84. 84, yeah, number 84 with the Juggernaut by uh, John Romita Jr., which this was what Elite Week's artwork kind of looked a lot like Romita Jr. throughout this issue. Yep. I, I saw glimpses of that throughout the issue, and it was really good. Um, love that. I love the fact that, spoiler alert, Captain Universe shows up. Uh, we haven't seen we haven't seen the Captain Universe you know, Spider-Man title since uh, Spider-Man was Captain Universe, so uh, that's that's been at least twenty years. Good, uh, you know. I think uh, the only my only con is Carly Cooper. Thank you, Roger Stern, for beating over the head me over the head. The fact that Car Carly Cooper is awesome because I know in the back of my mind all Carly Cooper is supposed to be is. Quinn Stacy, but we but we we couldn't touch that uh, sacred cow. <laughs> um, so anyway, Did you call her a cow. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. What's, what's your grade, buddy? You gave it an A, right? Give it an A. Okay. I also disagree with Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Again, no shots need be taken. <laughs> <laughs> and I also give this one an A. 
Uh, I love the art. I love the writing. Uh, I think Stern is outstanding. I love the recognition of character history that we went through. I mean, who remembers a fight with the Juggernaut in 1997? You can tell Roger Stern did his history. He looked up all the all the Juggernaut fights, even that uh, rare obscure Avengers uh, thing from uh, Kirk Busiek's run. I was yeah. like, good job with the history referencing. This is just like a, a nod to the fans uh, that are longtime readers, not the casual guys. Uh, the con, Carly. Uh, I care less. I really do about Carly. I want Mary Jane. We all want Mary Jane. Uh, and Carly looks different, doesn't she? With the glasses and the short hair bob. She looks old. Yeah, she, she looks like, like Aunt May. <laughs> looks like Aunt May about minus 20 years, and that's never a good <laughs> reference. Have we seen Aunt May pissed off this month, by the way? No. no. Five no. Where the hell is that bitch? That's a good night. Let's have a round of applause. God. <laughs> a pissed off Aunt May is nowhere to be seen. Maybe the vulture vomited on the old bag. Uh, but uh, we we haven't seen her. I barely remember her. We haven't seen, what's her name either, the pregnant goblin. Oh, yeah. She's well, just shaking right <laughs> We haven't seen her since American Son, so I, I, I kind of think she's... That about, we've gone through how many issues? That would be 27 issues. Yeah. And we don't know where the goblin baby is. 28. 28 issues. Good grief. Is there anybody else we're missing? What happened to Freak? Freak, you care what happened? Freak no, is, please, uh, no. Freak is, <laughs> Freak is back in character limbo where he belongs. And what happened to that Mephisto guy that took away the marriage? What happened to him? Oh, they're going to explain <laughs> that in Omit. Oh, I got it. Was that a limited series? No, it's in the regular okay, Amazing book. Because I didn't want to so. carry on. Oh, oh man, that means I have to read, read it. it. We've been referencing Harry Osborne moving in with MJ all month, but we haven't seen a damn thing in five issues of Harry. I know. Anyway, I, the the only, I guess, if I had a complaint about this issue, and it really isn't the writer or the artist's fault, I think Mr. Wacker has a bunch of these stories in the back burner that at, uh, various writers and artists are working on. When the regular ball uh, becomes slow that they're rolling, and the gauntlet uh, evidently lost some time, they're like, you know what, we're going to take some time, we're going to put one of these uh, backup stories in there, and I'm glad this backup story is good. I mean... Uh, you can't go wrong with Stern and Weeks. So A out of me. That was all over the place. I had an A, a D minus, a B, and two Cs. Sounds like my report card from high school. Uh, <laughs> 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 all right. Next topic we're going to hit up is the video game news. Uh, it looks like Spider-Man is going to be in another video game. I always get it wrong. Is it Shattered Dreams, Shattered Universe? What's it called, Stella? Shattered Dimensions, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Shattered Dimensions. Basically, the game takes place in four different universes. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man universe, the Noir universe, and two others that we don't know about, but we're speculating maybe a symbiote or symbiote uh, universe and a 2099. And the game is going to have voices of familiar Spider-Man like Christopher Daniel Barnes. Hit it, Zach. Mary, Mary Jane! Exactly. We've got him. And we've got uh, Re- Reno. Is that how you say it? He did the... Uh, Oh, Rhino Romano. Rhino Romano also. So your thoughts, Stella, what do you think of this new game? Are you going to pick it up? I think, yeah. Um, I think it should be really good, especially when the CEO of Activision comes out and says everything else is really crappy. So coming, looking at that, then this should be one hell of a game. Um, the only, I do have a problem with having multiple actors, though. I think it would be nice um, 
to have one actor and just do four different uh, interpretations of Spidey mm-hmm. so that it would have one thing, one constant thing tying across four different universes. But right now it seems pretty cool. Um, right, I think I'm most intrigued by the noir. I think that has a nice, nice feel to it. But I, I agree with some people on the board that it does seem a lot like Batman Arkham Asylum because of the noir. You're sort of, uh, you're supposed to use your stealth. Batman. But it'll be interesting to see when it comes out. See, I haven't picked up, I haven't read noir. Has anybody on the board? Red Noir? I have. Uh, yes, I have. Is it good? Is it good, Jr.? Well, I, uh, Zach, were you about to say something? Go ahead, go ahead, Jr. You first. Oh, well, I, I kind of liked it because it was, because it was different. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, um, you know, kind of 1930s Spider-Man, and it was interesting to see their take because this was like the era before, you know, radiation, radioactivity and things became the superhero pill, you know, so how he got his powers, the fact that, you know, it was the Great Depression and, you know, Peter Parker and the Parkers, rather than Bruce Wayne or Clark Kent, who are kind of at the top of the food chain, the Parkers were at the bottom during this time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and I also bought it because Norman was the main villain. However, I'm well aware it probably wasn't everybody's taste, and I did not pick up the sequel because it was a gimmick, so. And yeah, this, tell, tell me about, you showed it to Spencer, the trailer from the front page. What did Spencer well, think of it? Well, Zach was wanting to comment on Noir, I think. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Zach. Uh, Spider-Man Noir, I, it was okay. It was kind of, uh, I kind of found it hokey. I, I, it was really gimmicky. The second one was even worse than, was worse than the first one. but uh, Especially with the whole Nazi and, and uh, Otto Octavius. I'm thinking, okay, beat me over the head with that. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, yeah, other than that. Let's go back to Spencer. What do you think of the trailer? You guys watched it together? He really enjoyed it. Um, he, um, he he started rattling off all the villains that he saw, like Hammerhead and uh, Craven, <laughs> and was instantly, you know, who are the other two going to be? And I said, well, I don't know, you know, Spidey twenty ninety nine maybe. And uh, but uh, he's no, nah, he's really uh, it's it's either gonna it's going to be on his Christmas list probably. Uh, he's really looking forward to it. Awesome. And Kev, is this convincing you to pick up a PlayStation three? No. <laughs> if I could just buy the game and play it, then yeah, but I'm not going to pay all the money for a PlayStation 3 and the game just for this game. No, it does not look that good. I always feel bad on video game topics because Kevin can't participate. Well, <laughs> it's Kevin on the Wii. back and says, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's it's on the Wii as well, I believe, but uh, but I, I take it you don't have a Wii either. So. I don't have any video game consoles. Yeah, that... <laughs> if I can play it in a Blu-ray player, we're good. Here, let's hit up also about what we think that mysterious fourth dimension is because it's Twenty ninety nine is pretty much a given from that uh, preview art we've seen. But what do you think, Stella? What's that um, dimension? Yeah, I think a Spider Man game wouldn't be a Spider Man game in this day and age without some sort of symbiote thing. But yeah. I'm, uh, I'm maybe a symbiote world. I I, I don't know. Planet of the symbiotes. Oh my God, I can just see it now. <laughs> oh no. Oh, that'd be oh. epic fail, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes, that would. One, be. one thing in the uh, the trailer that it also showed was a first person swinging. In all the other previous Spider-Man video games, you've seen a the character of Spider-Man swinging. This looks like your hands are in front of you. It's like it's a first person swinger. That sounds yeah, kind of bad. First, but <laughs> first person shooter. Yeah. I, I think that, you know I'm excited for this game. I'm cautiously yeah. optimistic. If they have a symbiote world, though, I will scream. <laughs> I'm going to lie. I will scream bloody murder. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it can't be – in terms of storyline, it can't be any worse than the last video game because the last video game really did suck in terms of story. Gameplay, I, I loved. I love the gameplay. But 
I didn't like the story. Yeah. Moving on to other news, it looks uh, like the writing's on the wall that uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, the animated series, is going to go bye-bye, uh, which is a sad thing because that's one of the best animated shows I've seen of Spider-Man ever. Uh, it's because Marvel recently announced that they're going to produce their own show, uh, bypassing Sony, etc., and they're going to um, call it Ultimate Spider-Man. If it has anything to do with um, Brian Michael Bendis' book, we don't know. But uh, if you go on the front page of the Crawl Space, I talked to producer Greg Weissman from the Spectacular Spider-Man show and also Josh Keaton, who did the voice of Spider-Man, and they said, looks like the writing's on the wall that the show is done. So uh, who, who loved that show? Kevin, I think you loved that show, didn't you? I did, and I'm not a yeah. cartoon fan. So, right. I mean, I think this is really stupid because they've already done the work, you know, building a fan base for this show for two years. Uh, I think it's I don't I don't know the ratings, but I think it's done pretty well, hasn't it? Yeah, and, I think so. Uh, they've already built up the storylines. Uh, you know, they've got multiple storylines running. Obviously, things like Professor Warren are left dangling, all kinds of stuff. They've they built up a fan base. They built up a story. They've gotten a great cast together. You know, great showrunners. And why flush that down the toilet to start up something new now? That's that's really disappointing to me. Yeah, Zach, and you watched the show too, I think. Yes, I was a huge fan. Uh, yeah. I think this is so 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 massive amounts of fail. Fail can't even describe it adequately. Um, you have a, a critically acclaimed show that you're going to put in a shit can because you want to come up with uh, Spider-Man's version of Batman: Brave and the Bold. Yeah, I'm sorry, but that to me is just really disingenuous. Mm-hmm. I, I, I considering that Sony gave the rights to animated Spider-Man, essentially the rights to Spectacular Spider-Man to to Disney. They just said, "Hey, you know, here you go. Here's here's all the here's everything. You know, we'll just still we'll work on the movies. You can do whatever you want." And I, this really reeks of suck. Well, I I hope the producers or somebody involved with the Spec Spidey show gets involved with this show. I mean, I'd love to see Josh Keaton voice Spider-Man again. I'd love Greg Weissman to have a hand in it, but I don't know. Yeah, it's going to happen. One thing, even though we might not want to support this new show, I think if we can find a way, we need to try to support Josh Keaton. Yeah, you know, to get him doing the voice because there there really is nobody better to do it. Um, and hell, do we know anybody? Do you have any like contact addresses to write letters to, like at Sony, so we can say, hey, if you want a new live action Spider Man, Josh Keaton would be good for that too. Yeah, I'd love uh, to see Josh Keaton do it. Really, no matter. I want to see him play Spider-Man, just no matter what the medium is or what the show is. I, I mean, he's he perfect. A great, a great guy, too. And yeah. I find it cool that I own Sp- – or I, not I own. I have Spider-Man's cell phone number. I think that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually surprised you didn't start using his uh, intro as Spider-Man for, like, every episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was tempted, but that'd be kind of redundant. Now, J.R., <laughs> I know you used to watch uh, the show with your son, uh, but I think since it moved to Disney, you haven't been catching it as much. No, we haven't been able to catch it except occasionally on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, what gets me is, is Tom Brevoort's dickish comments about, uh, well, you know, he, he started insulting the fans. You know, one, they love, fans love the show. So what does he do? He starts insulting them because they love the show. And then he says, well, it ran its course. No, it didn't run its course. I mean, you know, it's like y'all said, there were multiple storylines going on. Uh, you know, if someone had asked for the 90 show to be done again, you know, yeah, that one ran its course, okay? This one didn't. I, I just, this is just totally, you know, Marvel's just being, I, I think Marvel just, they want, they just, they don't want to share any of the money with anybody. I mean, I, they're not going to have anybody associated with Spectacular on this. 
They they want total control. They want this to be their baby. They don't want to share it to anybody else. I have little interest in it because I see that they're going to go with the Hulk Goblin, which I hate. So well, you know, who who knows if that's true? It looks like they just spliced a bunch of images from the Ultimate Spider-Man title. I don't think we've seen any character designs, etc. So I'm hoping that's the Hulk Goblin is nowhere near this thing. I, it to me, Jr. It seems like a Marvel team-up show. What they want. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, you're you're right. You're probably right. It's probably yeah. to, to take off on the brave and the bold. Yeah. Um, I just wish, like I said, I just wish they didn't have to be such dicks about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's Tom Brevort, and that's you know. Yeah. Stella, you watched the show a few but t- few times, I imagine. Oh well, yeah, I've seen all the episodes. Oh, that's um, more than me. I still have like five on the DVR to watch. On DVR, yeah. You know, another another great thing bites the dust. It's it's what I call the spider one. Spider Woman syndrome now when something's life is cut short and that's really unfortunate. Um, rebooting per usual just kind of makes me angry, but I guess you can't really consider this a reboot since it's a completely different direction. But I just don't understand when you have something wonderful, why not continue with that instead of, you know, throwing it in the trash and going with something else. But definitely, you know, if there are people involved from Spectacular Spidey, I, I will definitely, um, support it just because of that. But I just feel bad, you know, that it's happened. Okay, we're going to tackle this month in spider history. We're going back to April 1991. What were you doing in 91, Jr.? Oh my God! I was in, I was in high school. I was still I was still in my twenties. Yeah, my, my man. <laughs> my hair was my hair was still dark. In fact, it might even still I might have still even had my mustache and curly hair back then. But, uh, <laughs> oh boy, I tell you, I, I, I wasn't reading a whole lot of Spider-Man at the time uh, because I, you know, it, this was the '90s and uh, Spider-Man, as well as the comic industry, was was sucking at large. But I went back and got all of these issues when I rebuilt my collection, so right. I can talk intelligently. This about one it. Uh, for this month, we'll start with Amazing Spider-Man number three forty-six, cover date April nineteen ninety-one. Elliptical Pursuit, written by David Michelini and artist Eric Larson. This is one of the returns of Venom. Is this where he went to the desert island? Yes, it is. Okay. This is uh, Venom, Venom had been coming back every year by now. Yep. And uh, in this issue in particular, Spidey tries to lure him to a cryogenic chamber to freeze him. But, aha, Venom gets a drop on him, freezes Spidey. And it's the next issue, number 347, where they go play Survivor. And... Uh, <laughs> And Spidey fakes his death, and Eddie Brock is just so happy that he's just going to sit on the beach and cook weenies and wipe his ass with palm leaves, uh, <laughs> or, you know, for the, for the rest of his life. So, but yeah, that was that was kind of the crux of this one. Uh, also, that came out this month was Spectacular Spider-Man number one seventy-five, which was not an anniversary issue, which I'm shocked they didn't do this one. This one's called nope. Spouse Trap. Written by David McElhinney and Sal Buscema on art and inks with a Doc Ock holding Spider-Man under the water cover. What do you think of this one, J.R.? Uh, this was actually, of all the stories this month, this was the best one. Um, in fact, Gary Conway, Jerry Conway had started this story, but he was at the, then he got a promotion to a full-time producer on the, on the Father Dowling Mysteries. I guess, uh-huh. I'm not sure if that's where he started his TV career or not, because I know he went to the Law & Order shows. But uh, he started becoming a big-time TV writer and producer, so David Michelini uh, finished the story up for him. Uh, it's it's a decent one. It's not, it's not Doc Ock's greatest scheme. Uh, he invents a device uh, that he wants to, uh, he, he, he's blackmailing Jonah for $20 million, or else he's going to use his device, the trim blower to uh shake <laughs> the what to, uh, the trim blower wow. to shake 
to shake the bugle from its foundations and destroy it. Uh, you know, I guess perhaps uh, perceiving the uh, Dexter Bennett and the DB by about uh, 20 years. Uh, but uh, it, this was kind of a, and then that failed, so he tried to he kidnapped Marla Madison and tried to blackmail Jonah that way. But but actually, the the better part of the story were the were the first two parts because the first part actually Doc Ock shows up. At Aunt May's on Christmas, and it's actually a pretty good Doc Ock moment. That was in uh, number uh, number one seventy three, and, yeah. uh, and then uh, uh, the next issue, Jonah unveils a statue of himself in front of the Daily Bugle building, mm-hmm. and uh, Doc Ock I think picks that the, the, picks that as his example of the tremble for the tremble or how but, awful. Uh, yeah, well, it, it was okay. I mean, it, 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 it certainly was not. I mean, it wasn't a bad use of Doc Ock, but it, you know, it certainly was not his uh, his greatest scheme. You know, I haven't read this since April '91. I have no memory of it. I also don't have any memory of Web of Spider-Man number seventy-five, Cool Hands and Warm Art. This is part three of the Art Attack uh, storyline. How by that fail? <laughs> Tony, <laughs> Tony Isabella on the writer, artist Alex Savick. Looks like uh, all the new warriors are in this one. Uh, some character named Spark is uh, and uh, beating Spider-Man on the face, and some woman with the uh, what snow on the cover. Jer, what's the story about? I don't remember it. Oh my god! Oh yeah, this <laughs> one. Uh, I mean, this is the '90s. This was the '90s, and uh, and Web of Spider-Man was definitely the weakest Spider-Man title. Yeah. <laughs> um, it wasn't the worst story this month, but trust me, the next one we get to, I think, was the worst. But uh, this was pretty bad. Uh, there was, <laughs> see, he sounds like he comes out of the electric company. He was named <laughs> the painter, and yeah. uh, he uh, supposedly he was an old torch villain from Strange Tales days, and supposedly he had a, a magic paints that when he painted, he could actually create out in the real world what was going on. Uh, and he got these two mutants, Bora. Bora was the the lady who does the snow tricks and and spark, yeah. uh, you know. So they they wow. were turning New York into a winter wonderland, and I, I didn't I didn't quite get it. But yes, the you know uh, it's it, this particular issue is kind of a mini uh, Spider Man and Friends reunion because both Iceman and uh, and uh, Firestar are in it briefly. Uh, Spider Man yeah. does have one great line where when Iceman comes, he says, "Oh, it's the original vanilla." Nice. I kind of like that. One. That's cute. Uh, but now this was this was. I mean, you talk about you talk about throwaway disposable villains who ha- showed, never showed up again. And the painter, quote unquote, turned out to be about a million space rodents or space cockroaches. You're kidding uh, who, me. No, no, no. Who were wearing a, a, a costume? <laughs> I, I tell you right now, I said it was made of all sorts of fail, and I did not lie when I said it. Yep. Oh, my oh, gosh. Oh, um, good grief. And and if Spider-Man wasn't stretched out enough, he's in uh, another book, The Adjectiveless Spider-Man. Uh, this is the Todd McFarlane writer, Todd McFarlane artist, inker, and coverer. Uh, this one has uh, the Wendigo in green and Wolverine and Spider-Man on the cover. And the name of it is called Perceptions Part 2. JR, what do you think of this one? Oh God, this was awful. This was just <laughs> awful. Uh, I mean, you know, something like Art Attack is is awful on a in in an inoffensive way. You know, it's just awful because it's bad. You know, this was just you know McFarlane. He had he wanted to do this weird ass horror movie bent to Spider-Man. Yep. And so what he and of course like the stories were just oh this was a five parter, <laughs> and it started out with the brutal murder of of a couple of boys. Uh, 
and Spidey, it was up in Canada, and Spidey went up to Canada. I forget exactly what he was doing up there. He might have been following the story or not. I, I didn't, I didn't go back and look at part one. But uh, anyway, so Wolverine's in it too, and Wolverine is like an environmentalist because he's going after hunters and telling them not to kill animals and stuff. So <laughs> we get about we get about six pages of Wolverine torturing this poor hunter, you know, because he, you know, uh, and sticking up for animal rights. But everyone wants to blame the Wendigo for the slaughter of these kids. And it turns out, of course, not to be Wendigo. It turns out to be a cop and a child molester and stuff. But it mm. takes five friggin' issues, and it's just ponderous mm-hmm. uh, and booty and dark and a very ugly story. And it's just there is just no way I could recommend this under what you know why Todd. I mean, I know why Todd McFarlane was given a Spider-Man title because he was the hottest artist at the time. Yeah. But no one ever said he was the hottest writer either. So well, the art, uh, the artwork was pretty though, right? Uh, I never got into his hardcore. Oh. What were you saying, Zach? There's a reason after issue 13, he left. Anybody wonder, wonder why? Because <laughs> he ran out of stories or what? Uh, I think they finally said thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> mm, I think they would have kept him on as long as he wants. I think he left because he wanted to go do Spawn. Well, I think he was doing it. I think he left for Image 2, but, uh, you know, yeah. I think. I think it was probably kind of like, um, yeah, these are pretty bad, so let's... Uh... Spider-Man was in two other titles this month, Dark Hawk, number two, uh, called the titles of the story is called Goblin's Prey, Danny Fingeroth, Mike Manley, uh, writer and artist. J.R., did you read Dark Hawk? In the no, I did, I did not read either Dark Hawk, Hawk, Hawk Dark Hawk, <laughs> Oh god! Or cloak and dagger. Uh, I'm surprised I missed Dark Hawk because when I went back and did my Hobgoblin series, I went back to try to get his other appearances, like uh, when he was in Deathlock. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, let me say let me say Deathlock and Dark Dark Hawk five times real fast. <laughs> You're gonna fall. He, he was also he was also in She Hulk or whatever. But I, this one came in under the radar. I completely missed this one. This one was pretty good. I read it back in the day. I, I thought Dark Hawk started off really strong. Uh, my, their attempt was to do a character with problems of the 90s, and they, uh, that's why uh, they said he's the, the new Spider-Man. They tried to do this with Speedball in the 80s, but it didn't work. But Dark Hawk, actually a really good book, I thought. I enjoyed it. Uh, the other book J.R. kind of mentioned that uh, Spider-Man was in was Cloak and Dagger, Volume 3, Number se- uh, 17, written by... Terry Cavanaugh. Right. Oh no! Hey. <laughs> I just say something. <laughs> An artist, Dave Ross, and uh, I, you know, I kind of feel bad for Terry Cavanaugh because I dog on him, but he was the he was the father of the Clone Saga, so I shouldn't really be dogging on him too bad. But damn, yeah, well, that's why the rest of us all dog on him. But anyway, <gasps> and uh, I think D- Cloak and Dagger died after eighteen, so this is the second to last issue of Cloak and Dagger. It, you like Cloak and Dagger, Jr. I mean, did you ever read their solo stuff? No, I never read their solo stuff. I, I had no interest in it, no. All right, overall, good or bad month for Spidey? Mm, it was uh, it was below average, definitely. Yeah. Is there anything different from April 91 to 2010? I mean, he was hot and cold this month, Was and he was hot and cold in April 91. I mean, is it, is it a consistent spider problem? Well, at... I mean, when you, one, when you it, spread them out this much, I mean. Well, it's it's a different era. I mean, the '90s was a different era. They they just uh, when the, just the whole expansion of Marvel just brought in a whole lot of weak talent uh, to to 
to all the titles. I mean, the 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 the, the company as a whole was just sucking mud. Uh, but <laughs> but you know, the thing is though, you always felt that this Spider-Man was going to progress. I mean, he was married. You know, uh, you always felt that you know his life was moving along. Unlike now, whereas you know, it's just in full stop. Are you know full stop mode? No aging, no progression. Just you know, everything's going to be every story's going to be recycled. So uh, um, this month wasn't a particularly good one in the in Spider-Man history, but you always had the hope that the next month would be better. Whereas I'm not so sure I can honestly say that in yeah. today's era. Okay. All right, we're wrapping that segment up, and we're going to wrap this 99th show up with uh, recommendations. Stella, what do you got, girl? Uh, well, I'm in this this last collegiate uh, semester of my undergraduate career, career. I am in a class called Proto Indo European Linguistics, and wow. it's basically yeah, it's basically this idea that Latin, Greek, Sanskrit all come from this mother language, this Indo European, Proto Indo European. So we spend our time sort of trying to recreate it. Um, and to go along with that, a book that I read um, that deals with linguistics is called um, the The Language Instinct by Steven Pinker, and it's just this idea. Um, that language is actually innate. You're sort of born with it um, because he goes through different diseases that people have that they, they have problems with language and everything. So you learn, but you're already sort of imbued with language. So if you're interested in linguistics at all, who knows if why you're listening to this podcast if you are. <laughs> but, um, but definitely uh, check that out. Um, I'd also like to recommend God of War 3. It was a good game. I definitely like God of War 2 uh, a little bit better, but... Uh, there were some great moments in God of War 3, and I think that they really improved on some of the uh, controls and weapons. And I would like to recommend Flash number 1 uh, from DC. Sorry, Brad. Um, <laughs> but the art is wonderful, and even if you are a Wally fan like I am, I think you might be able to get into Barry, and that's sort of why I started, because I'd like to learn more about Barry. So those have are you, my three things. Have you beat God of War 3 yet? Yeah, I, I awesome. beat it on Friday. Nice. So, yep. Uh, Kev, what do you recommend, sir? Okay, first and foremost, uh, if you're not listening to the Clone Saga Chronicles podcast, you need Aww. to be. Uh, I I gotten way behind on those podcasts because honestly, I just don't listen to podcasts that often. But uh, this past week, I took a five hour trip and then another five hour trip back home, and through the whole thing, I was listening to Clone Saga Chronicles and. Never got boring. Uh, it was a very entertaining podcast all the way through. It's a good review for those of us that uh, have read the Clone Saga and enjoyed it. And I'm sure for anybody that hasn't read the Clone Saga, it'll probably make you want to go check it out. Uh, very entertaining panel of people having a good time. Um, obviously, you want to listen to Spider-Man Crawl Space podcast first. But once you're done with that one, you know, go listen to some, to some Clone Saga Chronicles. I, I really recommend that one very much. Um as for some TV shows, uh, I may have recommended it last month, but I just finally finished Farscape on DVD. Uh, that is the most sci-fi, sci-fi show I've ever watched. So if you don't like the out there alien space type stuff, you probably won't get into it. But it was a very good show with some great characters, uh, really well written and developed. Uh, so I would definitely recommend that, having finished it. Uh, it had a really epic ending. It was one of those few things that delivered on the promise of the stuff they had been teasing for four seasons. Uh, and I watched recently Stargate Universe. Um, 
I think I recommended that show after the pilot, and then I de-recommended it because it started sucking, but uh, <laughs> now I'm going to recommend it again. They've kind of come back around since their hiatus. That, uh, it's it's kind of dark, but it's, it's very character-focused. I'm enjoying that right now. Uh, and I haven't read any other comics from, from last month except the Spider-Man ones I just read before the podcast, so I'm afraid that's all I got. <laughs> uh, JR, what do you got, sir? Uh, not much. I certainly uh, can't talk about Indo-European languages or anything of that nature. Uh, but uh, but uh, you know, Seven Eleven has these cool Iron Man gulp, big gulp cups, and oh, they do? Uh, nice. Yeah, they got like Iron Man, the War Machine. I think I think Whiplash, and uh, I picked the one that has the Black Widow on it, um, yeah. which is yeah. I'm not a big Scarlet. I'm not a big Scarlett Johansson fan, but. Uh, Boy, with a you know, she's got a nice mane of red hair, <laughs> and, and, her, and her cups runneth over. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, <laughs> and, and this is a big gulp too. Yeah, I so, bet it is. Uh, <laughs> it is. So uh, if you happen to go to Seven Eleven, folks, the uh, the big gulp Iron Man cups they look cool. I have a, to- a toy suggestion for you, Iron Man related, Jr. You ought to get Spencer the Mr. Potato Head Tony Starch figure. Have you seen this? <laughs> no, I haven't. Go to your toy store there, Tony. Tony Starch, it's really cute. Oh no, <laughs> he might you know be able, he might be a little too old for a Mr. Potato Head, though. I tell you what, he might want though is the uh, Have you seen the Iron Man helmets you put on your head and then yeah. you talk in funny voice? Mm-hmm. He's got a Stormtrooper and Optimus Prime, so I don't know. He may be asking for that one. Cool. Anything else, Jr.? No, no, not at all. I live a dull life. Sack, <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, buddy? First of all, I want to thank Kevin. I kind of uh, gave him crap earlier. We were recording, so um, uh, the Clone Saga Chronicles. I do recommend that. Uh, there is, an, I, I think it was mar- uh, not this most recent episode, but the episode before. There's a special cameo appearance by a special somebody. <laughs> yeah, that, I just kind of uh, came in one night, didn't I? Yeah, we were literally recording. He said, "Hey, what are you doing? Uh, I'm recording. You want to come on? Sure. What are you talking about, Clone Saga? Hey, I did. I just kind of ran in the room." And it was kind of like the same way I came into this show. That's exactly. That's exactly how it happened. That's funny. <laughs> so it's kind of a homage to that. Um, you know, I got uh, I got Castle, NCIS, uh, those two shows I definitely recommend. Actually, I I, I recommend uh, NCIS LA. I've been enjoying that a little bit more. The Sweet. first couple of first couple of months of that was kind of dull, but uh, I'm enjoying it more and more. And of course. Uh, because Kevin plugged something of mine, I got to plug something of his um, preemptively. There's only the one, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're all space number. Uh, was it number eight? Number nine, isn't it? Number uh, nine. Number eight is out. Number nine is hopefully upcoming. <laughs> cool, really soon. So uh, you know, I've, I've I have seen the future and it is glorious. Um, <laughs> so, uh, like I say, and of course. Spider.com, as always. We'll be Sweet. doing some uh, major uh, updates starting next month. So. Sweet. Okay, video game, website, uh, trade paperback, internet feature, and a mini-series, and a video game out of me, all right? Mm-hmm. Video game, it's kind of similar to what Stella said. I've been playing a lot of God of War, uh, the two-pack on the PlayStation 3. I'm, I've almost beat number one. I'm getting ready to play number two. And I'm looking forward to number three because Stella is offended by all the nudity. So I'm, I'm thinking I might enjoy this video game. And the boobies <laughs> move like real life. So the boobies you like move? It. 
Oh wow! Yeah. Oh my gosh! No, no. Uh, there's another. There's another video game I would avoid. Stella. Dante's, Dante's Inferno. Dante's Inferno. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh, I've heard about it. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. friend told me don't pick that up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Don't play it in a room with a bunch of kids. Uh, <laughs> Definitely not. No, God of War. What's it called? The trilogy or not trilogy? The two pack. What's it called, Stella? The collection. That's what yeah. God of War collection. collection. That's my video game. Uh, you guys are all gonna moan over this one. The Jackpot miniseries is actually really good. What? <laughs> Are you kidding? I I didn't believe it either. Uh, Mr. Uh, Guggenheim and Adriana Mello is doing the writing and the art. And I, I read both issue one and two, and I'm like, holy crap, this is actually kind of good. So I know you guys – are you shocked? Well, the I, jackpot, I am shocked. Yeah. I, I think the jackpot – no, no. The, the jackpot uh, first appearance was good, but after that it was crap. The so. mini's not bad. I'd give it. A, I'd give it a B. Okay. Anyway, but 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 you you give grades B's where we all give it C's and D's. So I mean, okay. take well, of that a, what you will. It's a C to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the internet feature that I'm going to recommend is something that our good buddy George Behrman has started on the front page of the Crawl Space. Uh, it's called Spidey Friday Night Fights. Every Friday, George is going to do a fight battle uh, between Spider-Man and someone else. So check out every Friday. George is going to make you laugh. I love George's writing style. This uh, past Friday, he spotlighted the outstanding fight between Spider-Man and the Hobgoblin from Amazing 260 and 261. And George just cracks me up. Have you guys read this this uh, feature on the front page yet? Yes. Yes. It's I, hilarious, I isn't it? <laughs> okay. Uh, also, Zach will like this recommendation of a trade, the Clone uh. Stock Trade, number one. Got it in my box this month. Outstanding! I love how they put it together. They 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 outdid themselves. Yes. You know when I when I said this was a trade worth worthy of the story, mm-hmm. I really meant it, and it really really is. Uh, I I have not put it down. Put it that way. And Kev, did you pick it up? Uh, I've actually got it pretty uh, well ordered through Amazon, and mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm having a little trouble with UPS getting into my freaking door. <laughs> So I'm trying. <laughs> trying real hard. JR, you have the originals. You don't need this thing, right? That's correct. Yeah. And Stella, you thinking about picking it up? Uh, I am so like eye level deep in bad stuff that right yeah. now I don't have any time for <laughs> any other uh, trades. Cool. Uh, well, maybe maybe we can work on an arrangement like I worked out with Bailey because I'm buying Bailey the book. Oh. From Mail Over Comics. That'd be nice. Uh, TV show recommendation V. I've I watched three episodes of V off of the DVR this past weekend. I really dig it. Um, I was a big fan of the Kenneth Johnson thing from the 80s, and I think they're doing a solid job. I think it's, it's kind of a reimagining of uh, kind of like they did with Battlestar Galactica. I don't think it's as good as Battlestar Galactica, but uh, I think it's a solid show. Anybody else watching this one? Yeah. I saw the first four episodes before the hiatus, and I dropped it like a friggin' hot cake, because that sucked <laughs> some ass. It did? Really? Well, yeah. you, did you ever see the 80s miniseries in the 80s? Nope. JR, did you watch it? Um, I saw the 80s miniseries on the TV show, and uh, but no, I have I have no interest in this. None whatsoever. Anybody else? No. I am. Yes. Stella, you watching it? What do you think? Yes, I am. Um, mainly because of Elizabeth Mitchell, because I'm a fan of hers. But yeah. no, I, I do like it. Uh, the only thing I don't like really are the teenagers, because I just find them sort of annoying. Um, super, but everything else, cool. like if you could just focus on, you know, the resistance and everything, I'd be completely fine. But we have to bring Tyler into it, and that's yeah. What do you think of Super Cool? Shows that even managed to make Marina Bakara not that hot. I mean, how do you yeah. even do? Who's that? 
The main she's alien the, chick. She's Anna, yeah. Oh, Anna, okay. Yeah, she's, yeah. Well, she's supposed to be creepy. She's like the most gorgeous woman I've ever seen, and now all of a sudden she cuts her hair, and it's like, oh. Mm. Yeah. Just, you don't do that to the viewing public. She's supposed to be creepy. Anyway, uh, last recommendation, the Spider-Man Crawl Space Facebook page. I want to thank everybody. Uh, last month I asked uh, people if we could hit the 500 mark. We were about, uh, what were we, 390-ish or something in March, and I asked if we could get to 500, and you guys pulled through. We're at 511 fans on the Crawl Space Facebook page, and I'm amazed. Every day we get at least uh, four to five new people on that thing. So and be sure to check out the Kevin Cushing Inspired Account fan pages <laughs> on Facebook, <laughs> yeah. so that we, we can have 500 fans each. That's true. Animal. I'd like to get to 200 personally. That's Kevin's goal. Like, I, like, I would like to get 100. <laughs> Collect them all. Anyway, gang, on to episode 100. And that's a wrap on episode 99. We're off to our 100th episode next. We took live callers on that show, and we had a ton of listeners from around the world call in. It's a really fun show, and I can't wait for you all to hear it. So check the front page of the Crawl Space to see it. Before we go, I want to thank our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com, for being with us each and every month. Another Spider Spotlight book this month that they're selling is the Jackpot Miniseries Trade Paperback. The description reads, The last jackpot died in combat alongside Spider-Man. So who is the new jackpot putting fear into the hearts of street criminals? And why has Boomerang targeted her for death? And how is the Rose involved? All those questions answered in the Amazing Spider-Man Presents Jackpot trade paperback. It collects issues 1 to 3 of the miniseries, along with material from Amazing Spider-Man Family number 6. Total page count, 96 pages. And the cover price is $15. Mail order has it for $7.49, which is 50% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Gang, we're going to go back in a few days and edit episode 100, and we're going to post it on the front page, so be looking for that. And I appreciate everybody helping make 100 episodes happen. For the SpiderManCrawlspace.com, I'm your webmaster and host, Brett Douglas. 